All right, God, I thank you. Thank you for this time where we get to hear from your word, God, hear from your spirit. God, I ask that you, you would descend upon him and you would give him your words right now, God. That you would keep our mind focused upon you, that you would keep his mind focused upon you. God, that this moment would be supernatural uh, by its very essence. God, would, would the word come alive to us in this moment? Would you still our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Can everybody hear me? Am I on? Am I on? Just yell. Just yell. Nope. I'm on. All right. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Uh, we're supposed to be in 1 Samuel. Guess what, guys? No. We're not going to be in 1 Samuel. I don't know when we're going to go back to 1 Samuel. It'll happen. Or it won't. Okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about the blessing of a father. The blessing of a father. Couple questions. Question number one. When you hear the term blessing, what do you hear? What does it mean to be blessed? Happy. Happy. Love. Love. Loved. Gifted. Gifted. Empowered to succeed. Empowered to succeed. Here's Taking care of. See? See? Taking care of. Good. Eric's a superstar. All right. Rewarded. You suffer there for <laughs> That's another story. Okay. <laughs> Blessing. You realize this. The when's the first, don't say anything, person, if you already know. When's the first time you hear the word blessing in the scripture? Genesis. Genesis. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Let's look at the Bible. Well, where, where in Genesis? Adam and Eve in the garden? Okay, so now we've got it somewhere in chapters 1 through 3. Huh? During the curse? No? Huh? Chapter 2? No? Chapter 1, good. Okay. God is having a conversation and he says, let's make man in our image and in our likeness, right? And then uh, it says God created man in his own image. And then what does it say? He it says that them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Okay. So the very first thing, actually, our first parents heard from the mouth of God was that he blessed them. Okay? This is the initial relationship of God to man is one of God blessing us. So when you say God bless you, this is a very, very, very ancient concept. It's actually the first concept. Think about this. Before God gave the rules, right? You can't eat from the fruit. Before God gave the rules, he gave the blessing. He blessed us before he gave us the rules. Now, how are we? Many of us are going to follow the rules. Because you think that God is rule-oriented. Well, to me, the fact that God blesses us before he says anything means that he's blessing-oriented. Before he's rule-oriented. Okay, now, so he blesses Adam and Eve, but the blessing is in the context of a mission, isn't it? He says, look, Adam and Eve, you guys, you're going to be fruitful, you're going to multiply, you're going to fill the earth, you're going to subdue it. I want you and your kids to take over the world. That's the whole point. 
He says, Adam and Eve, you two make the world look like the Garden of Eden. That, that's your job. Go out and gardenize the rest of the planet. Cooperate with me in creation. And the blessing ensures Adam and Eve that God believes that it will happen. Which is why Eric said a blessing is to be empowered to succeed. Because when you're out there trying to subdue the world, sometimes it's going to get difficult, but you can fall back on the fact that, but wait a second, God blessed us. He said we're going to do it. To be blessed also means that your father believes that you're going to be able to make it happen. Okay, I'm going to pass on and I'm going to die, but you know what? You are going to pick up where I left off and you're going to do better than I did, son. That's a blessing of a father, you see. Because a dad continues to replicate that same idea that God does. Now, what happened with our first parents? We didn't make it out of chapter 3. Okay? Our first parents sinned. And God shows up and he says, it's all good. It's not all good. But I'm sending a seed that is going to come and destroy the devil. Genesis 3.15. There's a seed that's coming that's going to crush the head of the serpent and redeem the woman and the man. Who's that seed? Jesus. No, not daddy. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. All right. <laughs> so the seed is Jesus. Right? Cain and Abel are born. Cain gets born. And Eve, the mom, says, ooh, I've got a man with the help of the Lord. She's probably thinking Cain is that seed. Was Cain the seed? No. No. Cain was the seed of the devil. Abel wasn't the seed either because he died. Okay? And then on and on through time, as a matter of fact, when Noah was born, Noah's dad says, this guy is going to give us rest from the curse. Noah's dad thought that Noah was the guy. Well, when Noah got off the ark, what did he do? He got drunk and... Right. And the last thing you hear from Noah in the entire Bible is him cursing his grandson. And then he leaves the scene. Okay? Noah's not the guy. And then we build this giant tower to heaven because we say, we don't need you, God. We're going to create our own crazy religion and all the rest. And God says, oh, word, okay. He comes down and he scatters their language. That's chapter 11. And in chapter 12, he shows up to this guy named Abraham. And Abraham is in the midst of idolatry. And God shows up to Abraham and says, guess what? I am going to make you the carrier of that seed. Remember in Genesis 3.15? He shows up to Abraham and he says, I'm going to make you the carrier of the seed. And then he says, through you and your seed, all the nations of the earth will be what? Blessed. Blessed. God shows up to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. See, God hasn't given up on blessing human beings. And by the way, before God gives Abraham any rules or do's and don'ts, he just shows up to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you, man. Before Abraham does anything, God blesses him. Then he tells him, I need you to do this, this, and that. Then Abraham has a son named Isaac. And God shows up to Isaac and says, Isaac, you're the next guy. You're the one that's going to carry the seed. And I'm going to what you? Bless you. So God is constantly passing over this blessing. And Abraham is talking to his son Isaac 
look, this is our family mission. Our job is to bring the Savior into the world. We are going to bless everyone. That's our job as a family. And I'm going to die, but you're going to carry on that family legacy. And I know you're going to do it, Isaac, because God said so. Now go with some courage and go bless the world. That's what Abraham does for his son. Now, Isaac ends up having twins, okay? Isaac has two boys. No, close. He has, and actually not very close, they're hard to do. It's all right. Stay with me. Isaac has two boys, Jacob and Esau. And Esau is the firstborn. Now, the way their culture works was who's supposed to inherit the blessing? Firstborn. Firstborn. So here's what happens. Esau is coming out of the womb. Jacob grabs the heel, and he basically takes being born first from his brother. Okay, so right from the beginning, these two guys are clashing. All right? So they're twins. Now, Esau is very hairy, and he's very red. Esau in the Hebrew basically means red. And does anybody know what the word Jacob means? Or Yaakov, my Bible scholar. Deceiver, the planter. Literally, <laughs> literally, it means heel grabber, okay? And the idea was you're in a race, okay? And you're trying to win, you're playing fear, and then this guy randomly grabs you by the heel and trips you so that he can win. That's a deceptive person. That's a low character guy, right, Eric? That's a low character guy. Eric was talking to me about character, things of that nature. So Jacob is so so Jacob is named basically cheater. Okay? That was his name. So he's like, oh, you know, cheater, come do the dishes. Cheater, do this. Mom, cheater bit me. Mom, liar bit me. Liar, did you bite your brother? No. <laughs> How can you believe him? His name is okay. So this, this dude is not a very cool dude. Okay, now listen, his brother Esau, it says the boys grew up. Now Esau, it says he was a skillful hunter. He was a skillful hunter. He was a man's man. He was such a man's man that he was very hairy. That's, you know, yeah, a man. Didn't shave. Esau is a man's man. He's a hunter. And the scripture says that his father loved him because he ate of his game. Meaning, Esau would go out there, he'd be gone for 12, 14 hours, he'd come back, what do you guys call a buck, or a, what do you call the animals that you bring back after you? A deer, a buck, or whatever, okay? Game. Game, all right, a rabbit, something. And uh, it said that his dad really loved his food, right? Now think about this, Esau is a man's man, he's a hunter, he's self-sufficient, he knows to live off the land, Esau is the picture of masculinity, right? Like, if you, it said Jacob was a quiet man who lived in tents, okay? That's what it says. It says G Esau is a man's man, he's out there, he's hunting, he's a skillful hunter. Jacob, very quiet, very introspective, and he lived in his, you know, he hung out with his tent, he hung out at home. Esau's like, yo, let's go, let's go find an animal to destroy. Jacob's like, well, why would we do that, man? I don't think we should, let's just hang out in the tent and read. Esau's like, get out of here. Now here's what happened. It said that the dad, Isaac, loved Esau, and the mom loved Jacob. Okay? That's what it says in the text. So that's the setup. He, Jacob's kind of quiet, mama's boy, 
You know, not, you know, look, most of us, especially dudes in cell, most of you are kind of like Esau. You're strong, you're, uh, you're not afraid of people, you get, you get thrown into court, you stand up and you testify like a gangster. You're just strong, man. The thing about this, we admire this sort of false masculinity, this machismo. Ladies, you're like that too. You don't want no soft. You want a dude. You want a man. Okay, well, Esau is your man's man, all right? Jacob is very quiet and he's, you know, his mom loves him. Now, does this mean that Isaac doesn't love Jacob? Of course not. He loves his son. He just doesn't love him like he loves Esau. <laughs> Rebekah loves Esau, but... You know, they don't have deep conversations like, like Jacob and her do. Okay, so this is the setup. Now, the entire message of this sermon is about the blessing of the Father. Okay? Because the question is, who is going to get the blessing of Isaac? Well, when Rebekah, that's the mother, was pregnant, there was all this warfare happening in her belly. And she was stressed out because she'd been praying to get pregnant for quite some time. And then when she finally got pregnant, she was experiencing all this turmoil, and you didn't have ultrasound at the time, so she's freaking out. What's going on? She goes to a prophet, and the prophet says, the reason there's all this turmoil in your womb is because there's two nations in your womb. And then the prophet says to her, and the older will serve the younger. Now think about this in the context of Abraham's family. Remember, their job was to carry the seed that would bless the world, right? So when she hears that the older will serve the younger, she has it in her mind, okay, that means that the line that carries that blessed seed is actually going to go through Jacob and not Esau. Everybody tracking with me. Because the prophet says that the older is going to serve the younger. So she knows that that's the case. Now, do you think she went to her husband and told her what the prophet said? No. Um, Pretty sure she probably did. All right? Now, let's go to chapter 27. That was the introduction. Welcome. Let's go to chapter 27, verse 1. When Isaac was old, that's the dad, and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I'm old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I might eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Okay? So Isaac is saying, look, look, buddy, this is, a, this is our last hurrah. You know, when you were a teenager and you started going out hunting and they kind of created this awesome tradition, he'd come, hey, dad, check this out. I got this. Do you like this seasoning, that type of thing? And Isaac is saying, man, we don't have a lot more of those left. Like, we, we, this is, uh, we're coming to the end here. I'm about to die. So I want to bless you in the context of a meal because this is how we related to one another. And notice, he says, bring your weapons. Bring your, you know, get your weapons out there. Why mention that? Why not just say go hunting? Well, he mentions it because he loved that about his son. Those were markers of Esau's identity. 
So get your weapons, you big masculine boy that I'm so proud of. You can imagine Isaac when he's out of the town square going, yeah, you know, I'm going out, you know, yeah, it's my bow and arrow, this is for my son Esau. He was super proud of his son. Now, right now, uh, I, I'm just going to shoot straight with you, I don't know what that even means or what that looks like. That ain't going to my dad. And it's not a big sob story, okay? Me, personally, it didn't really affect me that much, I don't think, I'm not sure. Maybe 10 years old. Oh, you're going to laughing at me. No, you're good. <laughs> um, so I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you something. When I was uh, playing baseball, I had a pretty good year. I practiced all summer with my friends, and we, did a, we had a pretty good year. And I'll never forget, it was Brooks Basslet, and his dad was the coach. And so at the end of the season, we lost. We were made it to the finals, and we lost. And uh, we, everybody was in the clubhouse. We were upset. And the coach comes up to me. Now, remember, this is Brooks' dad. Brooks, not that good. Brooks wasn't that good. Really? He only got to play because his dad was the coach. I and mean, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not that even true. The dad comes up to me, and he says, I was down. I was dejected. You know, I was like one of the top players on the team. I felt I let the team down. And he said, he said, son, you're a, you're a dang good ball player. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that's what I, that's how it feels when a dad. Now, my mom had been to all of my games. And she was she'd scream and yell and get in fights with the other parents. And I'd hit a home run. And my mom was like, ah, I feel. Um, but I never had a dad to, you know, whatever. So when I'm in there in the dugout, the guy says that. And I was like, oh, that's how it feels. Of course, I didn't consider how Brooks felt. I mean, but man, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so this guy basically blessed me, and he said he was proud of me for even though we lost, okay? Now here, Isaac is saying, man, I'm proud of your hunting. Just give me one last time when you go out and hunt for me, and then I can give you a blessing. Notice it says that my soul might bless you. Meaning, I'm not just going to say this is a ritual. You know, in that time, this is something you would do as a ritual. But Isaac wants his son to know, this is not just a ritual for me. I'm going to mean this from the bottom of my heart. So my soul may bless you. How many of you want a blessing from the soul of your father? Okay. Now, Rebecca, verse 5. Now, watch this. Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, watch this. And I'm talking about dysfunctional families, okay? These are Bible heroes. Look, look at this family. This is a terrible family. <laughs> Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I might eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats that I may prepare from them the delicious food your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. Now, what's going on in Rebecca's mind? In Rebecca's mind, she's saying, nope, blessing cannot go to Esau. The blessing has to go to Jacob. One, the prophet said so, right? It says the older would serve the younger. Didn't he say that? What's the other reason that Rebecca wanted the blessing to go to Jacob? She loves Jacob better. Okay? She's thinking about the future. Notice she said, my son. So when Isaac is talking to Esau, he says, Esau, my son, 
And then when Rebecca is talking about Jacob, she says, Jacob, my son, you're going to get the blessing. Now, instead of Rebecca trusting God and saying, it doesn't matter what, the, what Isaac says because if God wants to bless Jacob, he's going to be blessed. Nope. She's got to come up with some crazy scheme to get Jacob to lie to get this blessing from his dad. Notice what Jacob says. Jacob said to Rebekah's mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. What is Jacob's concern? Does he say, Mom, you want me to lie to Dad? Are you crazy? That's not Jacob's concern at all. What's Jacob's first concern? Mom, have you thought through the logistics of how we're going to lie to my dying father? Have we thought through the logistics of lying to my blind, dying father? Esau is very hairy. Did you think about that detail? I did, because I'm a very introspective guy. I hang out in the tents, and I thought this through. You didn't think this through, Mom. We were gonna, this is a crazy, terrible family. And Jacob is not a dude that I like a lot right now. Like you. Your name's Jacob, I understand that. I'm just saying the guy in the story. <laughs> this guy is thinking about ways to efficiently deceive his father. And he has no concern whatsoever about the moral implications. The only thing he's concerned about is A, getting caught, and B, getting cursed instead of blessed. And notice, cursed by his father, not by God. He's got no fear of God either, by the way. He has zero fear of God right now. And you're going to see in a second how little he fears God. So Jacob is only worried about getting caught. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. Now, Jacob is a uh, mama's boy, and he's going to follow what his mama tells him. Okay? And look, on the one hand, it is terrible that she is influencing him this way, but on the other hand, it is a beautiful thing, the way a mother relates to a son. Now, I didn't have my dad growing up, but I had my mom, and things were extremely rocky between me and my mom, but I love my mom. I owe, look, we owe tell 53 to my mom as far as my role in it. Let me, let me qualify that one. Okay? My mom was the one that led me to Christ. My mom was the one that taught me to study the Bible. So I love my mom, and Jacob loved his mom, but good night. She, uh, she influenced him in a way that was not good. And this is something we have to think about, moms, is your influence over your children. You know, I was talking to a mom, and we're, we're trying to balance out this whole, okay, I got ministry, I'm a cell 53 person, I'm doing ministry, but then, like, ugh, I'm a mom, and uh, what do, how do I balance it out? How do I balance out motherhood with ministry? And the conclusion that we came to is what? Motherhood is ministry, and motherhood is primary ministry if God gives you the honor of motherhood. Okay? This is an amazing ministry that you have. And this woman is playing an amazing role in the history of the world. You realize this? This is a family that brought Jesus into the world. 
Now she is she's doing this the wrong way, but she's still taking part in something amazing, bigger than she could even realize at the time. How does Jacob respond? Well, verse 14, he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. And then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. So she dresses him up in Esau's clothes. Think about how messed up that is. Hey, your dad doesn't love you enough to bless you as Jacob. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all this stuff on you so that you can pretend to be your brother so that dad can love you enough to bless you. This is a disaster of a family. But many of you experience this, haven't you? You don't get the unconditional love from your dad. So you got to dress up a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way, not be yourself, so that your dad can bless you. You were never totally and completely accepted. Your dad never looked you in the face and said, I believe in you, man. What I'm building now, you're going to do better than me at. Go out and do it. Have courage. As you. Jacob never got that from his dad. Isaac never sat Jacob down and said, you know what, man? You're an introspective guy. You hang out in tents. You're not like your brother, and you don't need to be like your brother. You need to be like how God made you, and you are going to go out and rock it from your tent. Never did that for him. So now when it's time to get blessed, he can't come as Jacob. He's got to come as Esau. He's got to come as somebody else. And the mom knows this about the father. And she sees this developing throughout the years. And instead of her confronting him, she just says, you know what? I'm going to overcompensate and shower all this love and affection onto Jacob because I'm not going to have that confrontation with Isaac. You never see her confronting Isaac about his preferential treatment of his sons. But she comes up with some alternate way to solve the problem instead of confronting it and addressing it. Verse 18. So he went to his father and said, my father. Are you noticing the pronouns? Initially, Isaac says about Esau, my son. Then Rebekah says about Jacob, my father. Now here's Jacob, dressed up as Esau, going to his dad and saying, Dad, my dad, I don't dress up like Esau. I'm Jacob underneath, and I want you to be my dad just for this moment. He said, here I am. Who are you, my son? I mean, I don't know how long this has been, but you don't know me. See how true to life the Bible is? Like you're dying, you don't know me? I mean, aren't your senses supposed to be heightened when you lose your vision? Lose your vision, your other senses are supposed to be heightened, yeah? And you're, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to know it's me. 
Can you even feel who I am just by walking into a room? Who are you, my son? Which, which son is this? Is this a son that I really, really love, or is this the other one? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. I look the way you want me to look. I smell the way you want me to smell. And I did what you wanted me to do. Because before I could bless you, you wanted me to go do something, right? What did we say at the beginning? God just blessed Adam and Eve before he sent them to do anything. Isn't that what we said? Didn't God bless Abraham before he sent him out to do anything? How does Isaac bless? Go do something, then come back to me. Then I'll bless you. Jacob says, man, I've, 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 I've checked all the boxes. I'm, I'm who you want me to be. I look the way you want me to look. And I've done what you want me to do. Now, can you please bless me from the bottom of your heart, Dad? Please. <clears throat> Isaac said to his son, well, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? Now, look how Jacob answers. Because... Yahweh, your God, granted me success. This is the first mention in the mouth of Jacob of the name of God. Yahweh is the personal name of God. My, I am a human being, right? But my personal name is Andrew. You are a human being, but your personal name is Johan. God is a divine being, and his personal name is Yahweh. Jacob, the first time he uses the name of God in the Bible is so that he can lie to his dying, blind father. Remember I said, this guy doesn't fear God at all. On the one hand, Jacob is an incredibly sympathetic figure. On the other hand, he's a terrible person. You know when the Bible says, don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain? It's not thinking, oh my God. God has a name, specifically. This dude just used the name of his Lord, the Lord his God, in vain, so that he could steal his brother's blessing, which is theft, which the Bible says you shall not steal. And he's doing it in the context of dishonoring his father. This guy is breaking multiple commandments. Also said you shouldn't covet. Can't be jealous. Well, that's broken too. How many commandments are being broken by this dude? Because Jacob himself could never confront his dad either. And you're going to see later on with Jacob, he's not very good with confrontation. So he's using God's name to lie and steal and get what he wants. At this point, Jacob's relationship with God is just basically God is a very useful tool for him to get what he wants. I don't care about you, God. I care about your blessing, to be honest with you. I want dad's blessing because I idolize dad's opinion of me. So I'm going to use you, Yahweh, as a tool to get what I truly want. You go, man, that Jacob, he's a real... I don't know anybody like that. That's their relationship to God. I don't know people like that. Then everything's okay. They don't really want much to do with God. And then everything's a disaster. They're crying out to God. I don't know people like that. Look at this, verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, 
Please come near. You know, Jacob's probably never heard that from his dad. Hey, Jacob, come near. Let's hang out. Probably never heard that from his dad. But now that he was dressed up like Esau, now he hears it. Please come near. That I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. Please come near so I can define your identity to know if you're really the person I love. I don't really want you near as Jacob. I just want you near so I can test whether or not you're really my favorite son. This is him in his dying moments. Now think about this. Esau is suspecting, Isaac is suspecting that he's being deceived. And it doesn't cross his mind to say, why is my son trying to trick me? He doesn't even love Jacob enough to say, Jacob, man, is it you? Why are you doing this, man? He's not even thinking about that. He just doesn't want to be tricked. He's not thinking about Jacob's emotional life at all. He's not thinking about the way, how, how he's talking is affecting his son. He's not thinking, why is my son acting like Esau to get my blessing? That doesn't even cross the man's mind. Come here, come close, so I can test you to see if you're the acceptable person I want you to be. This is some of your guys' relationship with your dad. If he was around, just wanted you close so he could inspect you and find all your flaws and then blow them up and say, oh, you don't measure up, man. So he wants Jacob close so that he could inspect him to make sure that he's his favorite son. Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him. At the risk of, uh, oh, hope this isn't right. So when I got married, I did not invite my father to, uh, to the wedding. And I didn't do this out of an uh, evil heart. I did it because the guy was never in my life. He called me up one day and said, you got married and you didn't, you didn't bring me to the... And I said, Dad, I mean, I'm sorry, but I didn't, I didn't even know if you'd recognize me if you saw me walking down the street. And I wasn't being funny. I literally thought that. He didn't recognize his son. Maybe you can relate to that, whether or not you had a dad at home or not. Dad doesn't recognize you, doesn't know you, doesn't know what you're into, doesn't know why you're into what you're into. Hasn't sat down to talk stuff through with you. He just doesn't know you. But, you know, he got tricked because he's so focused on Esau. He goes, all right. You, you saw, you, you hit the inspection, the hands are here, you're alright, you're, you're, you're Esau. That's all he cared about. Look. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? Here's Jacob with some tears in his eyes. I am. Sure, Dad. Whatever. I just want to hear from your mouth that you're going to bless me. I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me that I might eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. 
And his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. Let's have some affection. Come and kiss me. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son. It is the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. You see what was happening with that kiss? That kiss was a final test. Come close and kiss me. Ah, oh, I smell the field. This is legit. This is Esau. You never see Isaac kissing Jacob. Now look, in the ancient Near East, men kissing men was very, very common. Very common. You still see this on TV. You never hear about Isaac kissing his son Jacob. How painful must this have been to Jacob? Kiss me, my son. Jacob must have been thinking, man, I wonder how many times this happened with Esau. And never with me. This is a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Watch this. Be Lord over your brothers. So, so Jacob, is listen, Jacob is thinking, oh, this is what you would have said to Esau. This is what you meant to say to him. Be Lord over your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you. Why does he phrase it that way? May your mother's sons bow down to you. Why does he phrase it that way? Because Jacob was his mother's son, right? I'm not going to mention that other kid's name. I'm going to mention him. May your mother's sons bow down to you. That you know, that Jacob, you know. He's, he's hearing this. Think about this blessing to Esau is a curse to Jacob in, in one respect. This is what you say. You couldn't, you, you, this is how you had to phrase it. And notice, think about this. Isaac most likely heard that it should have been the other way around. Rebecca had to have come to him while she was pregnant and say, this is what the prophet said to me. And what does he do? He reverses what God said would happen with the kids because he loved Esau so much. Doesn't even mention the name Jacob. May your mother's sound, sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. This is exactly what God said to Abraham. Exactly. Those who bless you, I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse. So Isaac is saying, you're the next in line, Esau. Jacob pretending to be Esau. You're the next in line. You're going to carry... The seed. So Jacob finally gets the blessing from his dad. Finally. As Esau. And he hears everything that his dad is going to say to his brother. And on the one hand, you're saying to yourself, well, I mean, it's not your blessing, man. It's for your brother. Why even go through all this trouble? of doing that. Look, we're not just minds. We're also emotional beings. 
I mean, look, I, I've got friends out in the world, and I'll say, listen, sweetheart, that guy, he doesn't care about you at all. He's just trying to use your body. All right, what are you doing? You know what? Those five minutes or ten minutes or whatever, she's willing to sacrifice that for those ten minutes. Jacob's a smart guy. He's the smartest guy in the house. He knows that, that those words don't mean that to him, but he wants that for those minutes. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. See, this father-son interplay again. They, they reveled in that relationship. They loved that father-son relationship. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. And look at this. Now, he's, this is a dying man, right? You're dying, you're weak and stuff. Look at the very next line. And Isaac trembled very violently because it dawned on him. I was right in my suspicions. It was Jacob. And he gets so angry that this dying man finds the strength to tremble very violently. He's so angry that he had to bless Jacob. And he gets violently upset. <clears throat> Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me, and I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. See, Isaac, it dawned on him. Isaac probably knew from the beginning that Jacob was going to inherit the blessing. And when he says here, yes, he shall be blessed. To me, this isn't saying, all right, God, you win. Fine. Because he doesn't say, don't worry about it. I'm going to bless you and cancel out that blessing for, for Jacob. He doesn't say that. What he says is, it can't be undone. And in reality, all I did was echo what God wanted in the first place. I had been fighting it my entire life because I love you so much, Esau. And who is he violently angry at really then? God and Jacob. Because the entire time he'd been resisting God's will for his sons. See, this is what happens as a, as a parent. You want to re resist God's will for your kids. You got a plan. You got a structure how want, you want your kid's life to go. You know what you want them to do. You know what's best for them. Yeah, you know what's best for them. And then things are happening outside of your control, and you start getting angry at God. You know, I've been through a lot of things in my life, but generally the whole anger at God thing, I've been okay with it. But then when it starts with your kids, then you go, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. I'm going to fire you. And get, I'm going to make myself the manager of my kids, God. You don't know what you're doing. So Isaac is violently angry at God and at Jacob. Because things aren't going his way. Isaac, man, you're dying. Just make peace with it. Here's an idea, Isaac. How about you repent for your Esau olatry, your worship of Esau? <coughs> no, we're going to be angry 
that God's will got done in spite of your favoritism. He will be blessed. There's nothing we can do about it, son. Sorry. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O oh my father. Is there anything left for me then? Man, I've been working for you. I've been getting you game this whole time. I've been pleasing you. Do you have anything left for me at all? Anything. See, we know that Jacob is supposed to be the guy. The Bible tells us that, but can't you feel for Esau? I mean, this was his big moment. And now he's hearing there's nothing left for him. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and he has taken away your blessing. Now, is this what you're supposed to do as a dad? That's, that's, that's what you give to your son as a dad? You don't say, look, Esau, before you guys were even born, God had already made the determination. And I wasn't a very good dad in helping you realize that. You're still blessed, man. It's just, this is your role. This is Jacob's role. He doesn't do that. What does he do? Your brother stole it from you. No, no idea about God. Nothing about, nothing supernatural happened. It's just your brother came in and snapped. You are a victim of circumstance. There's not a sovereign God in heaven who's in control of stuff. No, 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 no. It's just your brother. Now, why would you say that to him? I'm like talking to Isaac as if he's here. Why would you say that? I was expecting an answer. He's not here. This is a terrible, terrible thing to say to your kid. Look, you better get some theology under your belt about the sovereignty of God, man. Because your kids are going to experience things in life, and if you just leave it to, you're just a victim of circumstance. Your dad was a jerk. Your mom was a jerk. The kids at school's a jerk. It's just terrible. I know. It's just horrible. Let's... You better be able to tell your kids that there's a God in heaven who has a purpose for them and they have a path and the suffering that they endure is necessary to accomplish the mission that God has for them. You better be able to put some sovereign God around your kids' troubles. Because if you don't, they will end up being very bitter, bitter children. Notice Esau is already bitter. What did what Isaac say help at all in that bitterness? Now, you called it. Esau's response is, I'm going to kill Jacob then. As soon as dad dies, Jacob's dead. Why? Because in that moment, Isaac presents Jacob as the bad guy. Instead of presenting God as the God with a different plan. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Remember, Jacob means lying cheater, right? So he goes, well, he just fulfilled the prophecy of his name. For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Listen to this. Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers I have given to him for servants. 
and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even also me, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Esau desperately wants to hear from his dad that there's something that can be given to him. Esau wants to know that his dad believes that he can continue the family line. Esau wants to hear his entire life he had been building up to this moment, and now it's taken from him. Some of you, that moment was taken from you. Your dad is never going to bless you, ever. Some of you, it's because he's dead, and some of you, that's just the way things are going to be for you. You say, Andrew, this is one of the most depressing sermons of all time. What is wrong with you? Well, wait, 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 wait. Wait. Some of you had great relationships with your dad. Some of you were blessed all the time by your dad. Some of you, your dad was your biggest fan. But you know what? Your dad's going to die. Who's going to bless you then? See, here's the thing. The scripture says that in Jesus, all the blessings of God are yes and amen. You know what that means? That ultimately, Jesus Christ carries with him all the blessings of the firstborn. I mean, think about this. God's a big father. He's got trillions of kids. But Jesus is called the only begotten. Jesus is a special son to the Father. And Jesus does everything the Father wants. If there is anybody who is a blessed son, it's Jesus. And you and I are the Jacobs. The lying, cheating, cowardly, sinful, use the Lord's name in vain, break commandments. All of us are like this in one way or another. And there is the father, and he says to the son, I want you to go and hunt for me. I want to go and bless some folks, so I want you to go hunt for me. But the father doesn't send Jesus to go hunt for game, does he? Who, what does the father send Jesus to hunt? All you sinful, nasty, horrible, whatever. And he brings you in, and he adopts you. And in Jesus, we get the blessing of the firstborn as if we lived perfectly. Every good thing that can be said of Jesus gets said of you. Why? Because you're in Jesus. You know what God says? Hey, 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 stop pretending to be who you're not. I love you for who you are. You know what? Show up dressed like Jesus. See, Jacob shows up dressed like Esau. He doesn't get a true blessing. You show up in the presence of God dressed like Jesus. You be you. You be you. But you're dressed like Jesus. You believe in him. You trust in him. You know that what he did on the cross. Remember, we're talking about blessings and cursing. What happened on the cross? Jesus took all the curses for you. You know what the Bible says? Anyone who's hung on a tree is what? Cursed. Cursed. How did Jesus die? He was tortured. He suffered. And he just died a horrible death. On a tree. You see this? 
Jesus took the curse. Why? So God the Father could bless you from his soul. You realize this. You know that, that thing that Aaron and his sons used to say. You know, they'd have all Israel. He'd say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord turn to you and give you peace. You know, it says, may the Lord bless you. It's the first request of, the, of that prayer. Do you realize that that prayer can't be answered unless Jesus is cursed on that tree? Yes, I know, many of us are carrying father wounds. But what if for one second you could truly believe that God himself, from the bottom of his heart, with all that he is, truly could look at you and say, bless you. I bless you. You go, man, mm, I'm this, I'm that. I compare myself to other people. I was like, man, you're in the tent. Bless you. You're in the field. Bless you. You're in the cubicle. Bless you. You go, yeah, but I'm... No, 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 no. Bless you. I believe that this kingdom that we're building, you got a role in it as you. As you. Dressed up like Jesus. As you. I believe in you. You're going to go and build this thing and it's going to be awesome as you. What if you could truly, truly believe that God himself, from the bottom of his heart, said that to you and meant that 100,000%. And here's the thing. What if God was saying that to you every second of the day? What if he was saying that every moment of the day? You know in Romans 8 when it says that if God is for us, you know what it means that God is for you? That means he's always blessing you as you in Jesus. Always. Anything you've ever heard from God once you become a Christian is blessing. You go, oh, Hebrews 12 said he disciplines those he loves. Yeah. That's a blessing. That's, you, know what you, you know what God's discipline is? Here's what God's discipline is. You're better than that. Huh? God's discipline is, I want you to share in my holiness. My son, you know the son-father thing that was going on between Esau and Isaac? Yeah, I'm going to discipline you. You know why? You're better than that, daughter. That's not you. You're better than that. So yeah, I'm going to discipline you to remind you who you are. So everything you have ever heard from the mouth of God as a Christian is nothing but blessing. You can never, ever be cursed again because Jesus himself, your big brother, took it all. You know, Esau turns around and says, I'm going to kill my brother for what he did. Your big brother Jesus said, man... And they're really screwed up. I'm going to have to go die for her. I'm going to go die for her. Then we're going to adopt her. And we're going to spend all of eternity blessing her. You realize Ephesians 1, it says, He has given us every spiritual blessing in Jesus. Jesus is an infinite being, which means you are infinitely blessed. 
Do you know why forever is as long as it is? So that God can bless you forever. That's why we sing songs that say, I will bless your name forever. Think about this. God wants to be blessed by you. Huh? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. That's in the Psalms. You know why you bless God? You know the scripture says? We love because what? He loves us. Why do you bless God? We bless God because what? He blessed us. It's the first thing that he said to our parents. And in your dying moments, it's the last thing you will hear from him on this earth. And when you wake up in eternity at home, it'll be the first thing you hear from him. Blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn to you and give you peace. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all my friends here, God. All of us are like Jacob. Thank you for your grace to Jacob. God, bless our children, God. Let them know that they're loved securely and safely by you, unconditionally by you. God, all of your children, God. There are a lot of wounds in this room tonight, God. I pray that even now you would begin to heal them. God, I pray through your spirit that you pour out the spirit of adoption over my friends, God. God, help us to know that we're blessed over and over and over again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Cell 53, proclaiming the kingdom of God for the sake of the city. For more resources, visit cell53.com.